All right. I'm going to pray for him, and we're going to get started. Jesus, thank you so much for this man. Thank you so much for his heart and his passion. Thank you so much for exactly how you made him. I pray tonight that your Holy Spirit would come and speak in him and through him. God, that, that as he speaks these words, that they would pierce our hearts. They wouldn't just go in one ear and out the other, but God, that you would move mightily through him. In your holy name, amen. Amen. All right, so Bud didn't quite tell you the whole truth tonight. I got a dad joke for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we know we're about to go read the Bible, and we know the Bible is God's story uh, to us, but there's a lot of people in the Bible that God talks about in his story, a particular group of people from Israel. So sometimes in the Bible they're referred to as the Israelites, and sometimes they're referred to uh, in modern times as Israelis. So who can tell me the difference between an Israelite and an Israeli? And an Israelite is one-third fewer calories. So um, <laughs> Israelite. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. That's what I needed right there. <laughs> well, I can't because I'm preaching tonight. All right. So we're, we headed back to school. Who went to school for the first time this week? We had a few. How about last week? Yeah, most of us went back last week. Yes, yes. How many of you have been in school forever because you're homeschooled and you never really got a break? <laughs> yes, that must be interesting. But as we head back to school, we are focusing on this series, which is Elemental. Now, an element is something, it's like a building block that everything in the universe is made from, right? Something teeny, 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 tiny, but everything that we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, that we know about is made of elements. Now, the elements that we are talking about these next three weeks plus last week, so four weeks total, the elements we're talking about have to do with building a world-changing life. Now, last week, Adam talked about one of the elements, does anybody remember what element Adam talked about? Calling. Very good. Calling. It was, it's up there. Yep. Y'all can read. That's good. So you are going to school. That's positive. So um, Adam talked about calling and how we are all called by God. Now there's like a general calling, right, that we are all generally called to worship God. But some of us have specific callings in our lives to do certain things in our lives. But all of our calling should be a life changed that should lead to world change. But today we're going to be talking about the next element in a life changing world and its character. J.C. Watts defines character as doing the right thing when no one is looking. So I want to tell you a story about a judge from Michigan who was in the news not too long ago. Um, a judge in the news. Um, because he violated his very own courtroom rule. Now, Judge Raymond Voigt was, um, he had a long policy of forbidding cell phones in his courtroom. You guys know what that's like, right? Go to class, certain teachers are like, no, don't use it. Certain teachers are like, if they see it, they take it up. Certain teachers be like, I know you're using it, just don't let me see it. Um, so anyone whose phone rang during a court he would have it confiscated. He would find them in contempt of court, and to get their phone back, they had to pay a big fine. Now, over the years, attorneys, police officers, witnesses, spectators, jury people were getting in trouble because their phones would ring during the trial, and he would take up their phone, issue them a citation, and they would have to pay this fine to get their phone back. Now, one time during closing arguments at the trial, someone's phone started talking. I can't understand you. Say something. It was the judge's new phone. Yeah, he said to the newspaper, I'm guessing I must have bumped it. It started talking really loud. 
and that's an excuse. But I don't like those excuses. I don't take them from anyone else. I set the bar high because cell phones are a distraction and there is very serious business going on in my courtroom. The courtroom is a special place in the community and it needs more respect than that. And during the next break in the trial, he issued himself a citation, paid the fine to get his own phone back. Now that's character. That's character. When you write yourself a ticket, <laughs> I don't know many cops that write themselves tickets, but this judge did. This is a great example of character. And why is it important as we head back to school that character is so important for us? Well, we're going to talk about, continue talking about a guy named Paul. A guy named Paul. We're going to continue talking about him. Talked about him a little bit last week. But when I'm talking about Paul, here's what I want you to think. Because Paul's this old guy from the New Testament. And we tend to think that Paul is like so far removed from who we are and what we know and what we understand. So as I'm talking about Paul, I want you to think, well, what if this was like, I don't know, Adam? Okay, Adam's an old guy who knows a lot about Jesus. He's not here, so I can talk about him, but he's going to listen to this later, and he's going to fire me. But I want you to think about it like this. Okay, so here in Acts chapter 20, verse 17 through 38, Paul is calling the elders of the church in Ephesus together. And the reason why he's calling them together, because this is going to be the last time he sees them. So it would be like Adam calling all the youth leaders together and going, okay, guys, I need to talk to you all about something. It's going to be the last time you see me. Everybody would be like, oh, wait, what, what? Wait, what? So let's read in Acts chapter 27, 20th, starting 17th verse. He says, you know how I lived, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, basically what Paul is saying here, he's like, you know me. Paul had been there for three years, teaching them to lead the church of Christ, And he had been there, and he's basically saying, you know me. You know how I've lived. I haven't just preached it. I've lived it in front of you. So it's really important to note that. That's the most important thing in this whole passage that we're about to talk about. Because he continued to preach no matter what. The Jews were against him because he was a Jew. And he had kind of flip-flopped and was following Jesus instead of Judaism. And they were against him. And so he says in verse 22, he says, and now I'm going to Jerusalem. This is like the place where all the Jews are. Constrained by the Spirit. Constrained means basically I'm feeling forced by the Spirit. Not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Sounds like Jerusalem needs a new travel brochure because this is not uh, what I would want when God says, okay, I want you to go to this place, but you're going to be thrown in jail and you're going to suffer some afflictions. He says in verse 24, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He's saying here, I just want to finish what God has started in me. God put this ministry idea in me. He made it a passion of mine, and I just want to finish it. So I'm going to go wherever he goes. Now, you guys are in some places that nobody else is going to go. Nobody else has your schedule at school. Most, most people don't have the same schedule. Your schedule is, you probably, there is not one single person who has your same exact schedule. I don't care how big of a school you go to. You probably don't have the same schedule as anybody else. God has placed you with those people for this time. He goes on to say in verse 25, And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. 
So here's Paul, kind of like Adam, with them for three years, teaching them, leading them, befriending them. And now he's telling them, I brought you all together to tell you, bye, I'm out, I'm gone. You're never going to see me again. Now imagine what that must be like for those people there. That's sad, right? Verse 26, therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. So what he's saying here is, I didn't shrink from my responsibility. I was with you for three years. I lived it out in front of you. I shared the gospel with you in front of you. He says, verse 27, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. He goes on to say, pay careful attention to yourselves. Basically, check yourself. Thank you. And to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, or after I leave, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So Paul is saying here, I'm about to leave. I'm not coming back. You will never see my face again. You better pay close attention because this is a really group of people, but there's going to be some people coming in. Not so good. Because they're going to try to tear you down. They're going to try to mess you up. And they're going to, uh, he says, not sparing the flock. They're, they're not going to take any prisoners. They're going to go for it. Now, let me just tell you, folks, you know, for those of you that are new or don't know me, I work in a public school. I send my kid to private school because I know what public school is like. It's kind of crazy out there. Present company excluded, of course, right? But I know that, the, that there are teachers out there who want to indoctrinate you with their ideologies and their craziness. I know that there are students out there who want to pressure you and push you to do things that are not of God. I know what goes on in a public school. I see it every day. And so I, I feel like sometimes that Paul is letting us know right here. He said there's going to be some people coming in and they're going to try to change your mind. It may come at school. Or it may come through your phone, but there are going to be people out there that are going to try to change your mind. They're going to try to tell you that you have to prove something about God. So Paul is warning against that. He says, I know after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among you, your own selves, from among you will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Are we not seeing that like almost on a daily basis? Watch the news, bro. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. You see, it wasn't only Paul, it wasn't only what Paul said, sorry, when he preached the gospel, but it was also the life he lived that proved the truth of the gospel. See, when he was with them, the Ephesian elders didn't see an inconsistency in his message compared to his life. This is how we preach the gospel and how we do it matters. Because what we believe and what we do with what we believe matters. Because it's possible to unsay with our actions what we preach with our mouths. See, Paul fought very hard not to do that. And he made it a point to point that out to them. So we can come in here and we can say, I love Jesus. We can lift our hands and jump around and that's awesome. I love worshiping with you guys. But it's got to go extend beyond here. That is your character. If what you live inside here matches what you live outside there, that is your character. Verse 32 says, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak 
and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful mostly of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. It's like Adam coming here saying, I'm not going to see you again for three years. I just want to pray with you. Don't forget, these people are going to come in. They're going to try to distract you. All right, take me to the airport. <laughs> and that's it. It's like that quick. He's out. Now, there are three things about your character that will change the world. Now, personally, you may think, who am I? There are seven billion people on this planet. Who am I to be able to change the world? Well, you know what? I've always had this thought that I may not be able to change the world, but I can change someone's world. And in effect, that person can change someone's world. There are three things I want to talk about tonight. First of all, you are what you eat. Don't eat broccoli. <laughs> it's going to Yeah, after seeing this picture, I was like, I don't think I want to eat broccoli anymore or a chicken sandwich. <laughs> Just kidding. But you, you've heard this before. You are what you eat. It's true physically, right? Physically, you are what you eat. If you eat a lot of fat and sugar, you're going to be fat and sweet, I guess. But if you eat healthy, you are healthy. If you eat not healthy, you're not healthy, right? We know that's true physically, but did you know it's also true mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? See, what you're putting into your spirit affects your character. It affects who you are what you do, and how you live. What are you putting into your spirit? Now, we admonish you all the time. You need to pray, seek God, read your word, get into your word. It builds your faith. It helps you to grow as a Christian. You are what you eat. What you're putting into your brain, into your mind, determines who you turn out to be. For example, if you're struggling with a sin issue, what are you putting in your mind and in your heart? That is continuing to make that worse. The next one, the next part of our character is you say what's in your heart. Matthew 12, 34 tells us that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Another version says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's coming out of your mouth? What is in your character that is coming out of your mouth? What would your friends at school say, your friends on your team, in your band, in your choir, what would they say about you and what you say? Just something to think about. Just something to think about. You know, I used to, I used to hear kids say sometimes, like, because I would joke around, Mark, you can't say that. We're in church. I'm like, so it's okay to say outside of church, but it's not okay to say inside of church? I don't understand. And what you do, you do what you do because that's who you are. This is your character. You do what you do because that's who you are. Are you sharing your faith with your friends? That's who you are. Are you kind and gentle? Are you loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, gentle, self-controlled? If that's you, that's because that's who you are. That's the spirit of God working in you. Now, how many of you have heard about the horrible things that are going on halfway across the planet in Afghanistan? Yeah. Um, let me just tell you, at my house, this is something we've really been burdened with. Um, my wife and I have really been following this. We have several friends who are ministry leaders, and they have partners that are over there um, watching planes go in and out, picking up people to try to get them out of harm's way. Um, and we, we know that Christians in Afghanistan are being martyred as we speak. Um, not, a, not a good situation at all. Very, 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 very bad situation. But I was thinking about this as I was praying today and praying for the Afghan people um, that how, how would the Taliban know if they came into my house, how would they know that I was a Christian? 
We don't have any crosses hanging on my wall in my house. How would they know? If they came into my house, if they burst into my house and just basically looked around for evidence of who I am as a Christian, would they find it? Now, there's, no, there's nothing laying out. You might, you're, they're going to find some Christian books on the bookshelf, and they're going to see the Bible sitting next to the chair, and they might find a few little things, but that's not evidence that you're a Christian. So if the Taliban burst into your home today, would they have enough evidence to convict you of Christianity? It's a thought, because your character should exude that automatically. You're like, okay. Let me tell you a story. I had a, I've shared with you before, those of you who have been around, know that I have really bad upbringing. And for a while, I did not live with my mom. And I had to go live with an aunt and uncle for a few years. And it was there that I met Jesus. And my life drastically and dramatically turned around for Christ. And my aunt and uncle had um, a child who had moved away. And she had nothing to do with this side of the family. And somehow we made a connection and she was also a um, hair cutter person, stylist, barber. She wasn't a barber, but she was a hairstylist. Yeah, she cut my hair. <laughs> and so she, she's like, hey, Mark, I'll cut your hair. Come on over. So I cut her, I was cutting, she was cutting my hair. And she's like, there is something different about you. You live with my mom and dad, but there's something definitely different about you. And I was like, because I was a new Christian, I'm like, well, I go to church. She goes, ah, that's it. I'm a Christian too. That's why I left them. I was like, oh, wow, really? Can people see Jesus in you is a good question for you. Now, the Bible tells us, too, that um, you do what you do because that's who you are. The Bible tells us that if we, have, if we do something that's not holy, sinful, if we do something that's sinful, and we struggle with that, then the Bible tells us to confess our faults one to another and to pray for one another. So if you're struggling with something... Part of your character should say, okay, look, I'm really struggling with this issue. Can you please pray for me? The Bible tells us that if you confess your faults one to another and pray for one another so you can be healed. Okay, so if you struggle with the sin, it doesn't mean, necessarily mean, oh, I'm a flawed character. I'm a flawed person. It just means you need to talk to God and you need to talk to someone else about your struggles. It's a prescription for being healed. Now, every day, you and I face an ambush of other gods, wanting us to worship them instead of Jesus. They look appealing because they offer a life of ease and comfort, power, importance, popularity, fun. But the promises don't come through. They work us to the bone without any lasting reward. God, on the other hand promises us his kingdom if we'll only stick with him. But we face one of two obstacles within, whether our gods can jump in front of Jesus. We think we're either too good for him or we're too bad for him. So we follow idols of pride or idols of pity rather than Jesus. So if you're thinking tonight, and man, Jesus is not for me. I'm much better than that. I don't know about these Christians. That's pride. And if you're thinking, I'm not good enough for Jesus because I've messed up way too much or way too bad, that's pity. Both of those are idols. So tonight, I want to challenge you to be a, a person of character so that the world knows that you're following Jesus. Follow after him first, and his life will shine through you. He tells us you are the light of the world. He tells us we are the city of the, on a hill. He tells us that we are the salt of the earth. Go out and be salty and bright. I want you to stand with me, please. And I want you to think about something. Tonight, you, you may not know who I, what I'm talking about or who I'm talking about. Some of you, it may be your first time here, and you're like, what in the world is going on? Let me just tell you that the Bible tells us that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. 
that we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus, through repentance, which means asking God to forgive us of our sins and turning away from our sin. And tonight, if you're feeling that tonight and you want to talk to somebody, there are adult leaders all over this place that would love to pray with you, that would love to talk with you. It's not a big deal. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to make you stand in front of people. We're not going to ask you to do anything, but we'll pray with you. And as we worship here in just a moment, um, maybe your character isn't as loving and kind as you think it should be. Maybe, there, maybe you feel like there's a character flaw that you have that you want to take to God and that you want him to help you with. If that's not your case, then what I want us to pray about in, while we worship is help me to be a person of character so that people see Jesus in me so that his light can shine in us and through us and we can change the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for the privilege to stand here tonight, to worship you, to hear from your word. God, I pray you'd make us a people of character, people that live the life outside of these four walls in front of our friends, in front of our classmates, our coworkers, our neighbors, so that you could be glorified, you would be seen. We pray, God, that for those tonight who don't know you, that tonight would be their night, that they would see their desperate need for a loving Savior who cleanses us, who heals us, who delivers us. And God, if there's anyone in here who's struggling with something, I pray, God, that you would see to to the very need of their heart and you would give them answers tonight. Thank you, God, for who you are. In Jesus' name.
So there's this part of scripture where John the Baptist is there and he's, um, he's preaching about this person who's going to come. And all of a sudden he sees Jesus and he goes, there he is. And he declares, there is the Lamb of God. And then he says something profound. He says, for those of you who have been paying attention to me and listening to my words, now is the time where he must increase and I must decrease. And so I've kind of let that be this mantra in my life. And I want to invite you to join me in that. That tonight, as Mark was talking about, do, how do people know? Do people know you're a Christian? Do people know that there's something different? And maybe tonight you're like, you know, if I'm honest, if I'm real, no. It's okay. Because maybe you need to tell yourself, now is the time where you need to decrease. And Jesus, who 
such a way that when people see you, they don't see you, they see Jesus. So we're going to keep worshiping, and as we do, I want you to do this. For those here who are like going, man, I, if I'm honest with myself, I'm real, I don't think, I don't think people see Jesus when they look at me. Then I'm going to encourage you in this next song as we continue to worship, I want you to find somebody here. Be your friend, your buddy, somebody that you can trust, somebody you can talk to. Pray. And it's as simple as saying, hey man, I, I need some prayer. That's it. And just pray into that. I also, I also have this sense right now that, you know, Mark was talking about this whole sense of like, well, maybe there's some some sin and you feel like, oh man, I, I, I messed up so much. I'm, I'm so bad. There's no way that God would, would have me or want me because I know how my sin is, is there. You know, this is an awesome opportunity to, what do we do? We confess. So I'm gonna, same thing, I'm going to challenge you. If you know, like, man, I'm struggling in this area. I am, there's this sinful pattern that's going on in my life, in my heart, and I, I need to confess this. I'm going to, first off, man, I would love to pray for you. But besides me, we have leaders in the back that are antsy and want to pray with you. But if you're like, honestly, I'm, I don't know if I can be, enough, be bold enough to do that. That's okay. Find somebody here that you can trust. Find somebody here that you are like, this is a close friend of mine. And if that's just a, a matter of saying, hey, I got to confess some stuff. This is it's where I'm at. We're going to spend this next couple minutes and give you that opportunity. Because when we do that, when we confess, when we're open and honest, that's like Mark said, it's like this prescription. It's what heals us and it's it's what draws us and gets us closer to God. It's how we decrease and how Jesus increases. So we're going to worship and as we do, I challenge you. One of those things, you know that's true of you. Go find somebody.
Hey, so I want to take this moment real fast. Um, so Katie, Katie came up with a word, and so I want to, I think this is super relevant. I've been having this feeling that um, someone here feels less valuable, less valuable sibling, the less valuable student, the less valuable child, whatever you feel. I just want to let you know that you are valuable in the kingdom of God. You are valuable, and you need to step up into that place no matter how you feel and the comparisons that you put upon yourself. Awesome. Yeah. Damn. And then... Uh, and then Joshua came up and he said, man, I just, I feel like people need to know this. So I was on my knees and I was praying and I felt people put their hands on me. But after they left, I felt these pair of hands on my shoulders and I knew it wasn't somebody in the room. And I felt God's presence just flow within me and I felt shivers go down my spine and I knew instantly that it was God putting hands on me and saying that he was with me. And I know that sometimes people don't feel like he's there or even you don't feel like he's doing things in your life, but he's always So sometimes, yeah. So sometimes God will uh, will give His word to people, and when it's beneficiary for everybody to know, I mean, maybe that's you. Maybe you are that person who is you feel lesser than. Maybe you feel that your whole life has been a comparison. Um, we want to pray for you. Or maybe you're that person who's like. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think God's real. I just don't think his presence is a thing to even go after. And then just have Joshua say, yeah, listen, I, I know he's real and I feel he's here. Just as a reminder for us. And so uh, if you know that's like one of those things, you're like, yeah, that's that's me. Uh, I'm going to be right over here in this corner. I, I want to pray for that. Let's keep worshiping.
God, you're good. You are great. We declare your goodness in this moment. We declare that you are, are better than so many things that we hold on to. All the idols that we, we, we latch our heart to, God, you are so much greater than. God, I pray in this moment that our eyes be lifted to you. We can see you and your goodness and glory, God, that we would just be drawn to you. We thank you, God. We're overwhelmed with your goodness. Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you. We don't deserve this. We, we don't deserve the love that you freely pour out on us, and yet you do. So God, we praise you for tonight. We love you. We thank you in your holy name. Amen. Awesome. Guys, what an awesome worship with you. It has been great. Awesome. Um, okay, lots of awesomeness there. All right, what I need is this. I need you to uh, go like this a little bit. Shake a bit. Shake a bit. Thank you, Riley. That was that was actually very appropriate. I needed that sound. All right, we're gonna do it one more time, and Riley's gonna make the noise. Go. Perfect. Okay, good. All right. So that's what I need now is if you would please help me out by uh, taking the chairs and stacking them up on the walls. So the right side on the right wall, left side on the grab left side. Your, grab and, your uh, trash. 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 Get all the trash and water bottles and all this stuff picked up. All right, move all those chairs out of the way. Move all the trash out of the way. Move all the bottle water bottles out of the way. Just because I have a, a silly question for you, but I need to know. Are you ready for the game? Cool. All right, once we get all the chairs off to the sides, I will tell you the name of the game. Okay. Are we ready for the name of the game tonight? Tonight is a game that is brand new. It's something that we've never played before. Tonight, the game is. These are a slide. That's what it's all about. Woo! This is Extreme Hokey Pokey! All right. Now, who's ever played Hokey Pokey in your life? Who's never played Hokey Pokey in your... Get out of here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know you have. Just in case you know, it's a song. It goes, you put your right hand in. You put your right hand out. You put your right hand in and you... You do the, and you turn yourself. That's what it's all about. Woo! All right. So, obviously, that is not this game. This is Extreme Hokey Pokey. Here's what I need. I need nine people around each square. Get nine people around each square. Make it happen. If you got more than nine, go to a different square. It looks like that. There you go. Is there nine? Nine. Nine. Nine people. Look, if you do not have nine people at your square, raise your hand. Look, there's some people who need, who need nine people over there and over there. You got nine? Who does not have nine people? You don't have nine? No, you do? Now, if everybody, every square has nine people, yes or no? Those extras? They're one extra? All right. If there are extras, 
split up and go to people who only have nine. So that way there can't be. So wait, wait, you can go back over there, Chloe. All right, so now that means that some people have 10. That's okay. You guys make your own group? Yeah, here. Okay, they, it's the square like the other ones. All right, never mind, we got this guy. Oh, wow, you guys, making a, 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 a shoe square. I like it. Okay. Now, everybody, you have your squares? All right. Here's how this game's going to work. I'm going to tell you one time. If you don't pay attention or you don't know what's going on, you're not going to know how to play the game, and then you're going to lose. It's as simple as that. So here's how it works. In this game, I'm the caller. If I call something, what you have to do is satisfy the call, which means if I said something like, I need, since there's like nine or ten of you in each group, uh, if I said something like, I need nine feet in, then every one of you has to put your foot in the square, and it has to be touching the ground. Does everybody understand what I mean? Now, it can't be on the line. It's got to be in the square. Yes. So if I said, I need 18 feet in the square, what would you do? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, if you have 10 people, if you have 10 people, then one of those people, they better not have their feet in there because that's not 18 feet. Oh, you only have seven people? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, nine. There you go. Get over there. All right. So, what's going to happen is I will call out random things. What you have to do is not be the last team to make it happen. Ryan, can you get this, this one right here? Trevor, you're this one right here? Who's over at that square? Steven, you're there. Steven, you're at that one, okay? Do I got one in the back? Do I have somebody in the back over there? All right, and then there? Rob, you're right there. Melissa, you're this one right here? That work? Okay, Olivia, Amanda, you're here? Okay. Uh, I think, I'll, and then Ashley, where's Ashley? Oh, sorry, you're here. I, all right, Amanda, can I get you on that one right there? So these are going to be the judges. What will happen is as soon as I call out something, your team has to try to get as many, what I say, in the square as fast as possible because as soon as it's complete, if I say it, the leader for that square is going to shoot at their hand. The leader only. If you're not the leader, it won't count. The leader is going to shoot up their hand. The last leader's hand to go up in the air will be disqualified. Whatever team that is will be eliminated. So we'll give it a tester. Are you ready? Here we go. Four feet, five hands. They got to be touching the ground. Got to be touching the ground. Okay. Now, I have one beef is that this group here, their hands are not touching the ground. Help. Yep, yep, that's good. So, now you guys understand how this works a little bit. That's the hokey pokey. That was your practice round. Everything has to be touching the ground. If it's not touching the ground, your team is eliminated. Here we go. Get ready. Here we go. Ready? Six feet, four hands, one nose. Look at the hands. Make sure your hands are not in there if they're not supposed to be. Six feet, four hands, one nose. Uh, I hate to tell you. This team has been eliminated. Sorry, folks. You're out of there. All right. Get ready for the next round. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Whoop. Four feet, two ears, one elbow. Oh, I hate to tell you, this team here is the last to make it happen. I'm sorry. 
You did good. You just weren't fast enough. All right, get ready. Get ready. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, ready. Two shoulders, one bum. I think the last hand up was your guys. I'm so sorry. It just, it was close, but it was, it didn't, I'm sorry. I'm going off the hands. That's all I have to go off of. Just, I didn't know what a bum was. Well, too bad. All right, here we go. Get ready. All right, here we go. What I need this time, I need 30 fingers and four heads. Still two. Oh, Rob's group, I'm sorry, you guys. The 30 fingers thing. We're narrowing it down here now. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. I need, I need, I need 12 knees, one ear and an elbow. Olivia, you guys are the last to get it. I'm sorry, you're out of here. It's getting closer. Down to four groups. Here we go. All right, here we go. I need, I need seven heels, two ears, and a chin. Seven heels, two ears, and a chin. Oh, it was Steven's hand went up last. I'm sorry, Steven. It was like, boom, boom, boom. It was real close. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it was real close. All right, Steven, can you help judge this group here? If I can get another judge on that one and another judge on that one now. We're down to the last three groups. So, okay. All right, there you go, Olivia, perfect. And then I, I need two judges on that last square over there. They got one, and then Rob or, or somebody else. Help me with that. There you go. Oh, Luther, thank you. All right, here we go. Get ready. What I need. Let's see. And let's see. Let me make sure I have nine. One, two. This changes my numbers if I if you have a more. Okay. We're fine. We're fine. All right. I need 17 feet and one head. Go. You guys were the last to get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you were very excited to get it, so great job. Your, whole, your team was the most excited to get it. Unfortunately, you were the last to get it. We're down to two teams. <clears throat> Here we go. Wait, wait, wait. We're down to the finals. All right. Your team in the back. Come right over here. I want to see you guys. Come to this one. Hey, uh, Eli. You're square. Move out of the way because they're going to they're gonna take over that spot right there. Come to this spot right here in the middle. Because this is the finale. All right. Here we go. Get ready. Okay. All right. It's going to be tricky. Just ready, just get ready, okay? Here we go. I need. You ready? Are you though? Some of you seem ready, okay, here we go. I need. 
Oh, I'm just curious if you're paying attention. That's good. You're doing good. Here we go. That's what I need. I need 15 hands, two elbows, one head, and one cheek. Go! Oh! They shot You shut up. I'm sorry. They're the winners. It was this close. It was this close. You guys almost had it. Guys, thanks for playing my game. Extreme Hokey Pokey. That's what it's all about. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for playing my game. We'll see you guys next week. I appreciate it. Go out there, have some fun, hang out.